podcast with your host, Blaze Tambori. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Pitch Blitz Podcast. I am your host, as always, Blaze Tambori. The most famous international sport continues to amaze us. Leo Messi has been offered a contract from Saudi pro league club Al-Hilal, where he would earn $400 million a year. This is the same league uh, Al-Nasar plays in which, as we know, is where Ronaldo is earning $200 million a year. So uh, the Al-Halal has kind of upped their ante a little bit. Um, This seems like more of an economic choice for Saudi Arabia um, and, you know, what broadcasting revenue could bring in and what it could do for the country uh, rather than the sport itself. And I think that's where a lot of people, you know, obviously there's uh, the – Fans of Messi as a person are the ones who say, you know, if he wants to go, he should go. It's, you know, he's doing it for his family. It's a new challenge for him. The same argument that people were making when Ronaldo uh, wanted to go to Saudi Arabia. This could, this could alter a lot. I, 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 I will preface it does not seem likely that Lionel Messi will sign this contract. It seems that, um, He's either going to stay at Paris Saint-Germain, which is about like a 25% chance now after talks have failed um, with PSG and Messi to renew his contract. And also his former club, Bayern Munich, I'm sorry, Barcelona, are kind of back in the talking um, stage of of a new contract. Um, So I don't think Lionel Messi is going to sign this contract. I think if he does, uh, this it could be the end of um, European rivalries because once these organizations and these clubs and these leagues build the same revenue and the same stream of income that the Premier League brings in, that you know the, the Bundesliga brings in, then you're going to start getting into the, the Champions League and Europa Leagues, and people eventually will start saying, well, we have all this great talent on Al-Nassar or Al-Halal, um, and you know we're just destroying our leagues. We think that we should you know, enter the UEFA Champions League. And so then that's going to bring in you know, a whole different argument about UEFA. Uh, you know, UEFA is the European Conference of Football. So... Are we really not going to see Lionel Messi and Ronaldo in the UEFA Champions League and they're still playing? If they were re- retired, you know, I, everyone would understand why they're not there. Um, but I think this is going to be a slippery slope. Uh, and it doesn't help the fact that um, the PSG fans are not happy at Lionel Messi right now. He was jeered at the Parc de Prance. Jeered is just another word for booed. Uh, at the Parc de Prance this past weekend, after rumors started circulating around the camp that he could be on his way back to Barcelona to reunite with Joan Laporta and Xavi uh, when the transfer window opens on July 1st. Laporta and Xavi have really been urging and bugging Lionel Messi to come back to the club uh, really ever since Xavi got this manager job at Barcelona. 
so I think uh, he seems to be leaning in that direction. The, the question that is arising now in this scenario with Messi going back to Barcelona is, well, the reason why Messi left two years ago was because Barcelona didn't have the funds to pay for his contract. And apparently he's asking for a lot. Um, the details of the contract negotiations with PSG were not leaked to the media. Um, but what I can say is that PSG offered Lionel Messi less money and Messi wanted nothing to do with it. He said, I'm not taking a wage cut. So two years ago, I guess Barcelona couldn't afford his wage. But I guess, you know, they, they let go of some players, they fired some people, they laid off, you know, some some chairman or whatever happened, and I guess they have the money for it now, two years later. I didn't know you could make, you know, twenty million extra dollars on the side or extra uh, uh euro on the side that now you can re sign Messi. And I, I feel like Messi is probably thinking the same way. You know, if you can afford me now, then why couldn't you in 2019? And that whole scenario when Messi left was just fishy. It just smelt fishy. It looked fishy. Everything about it just looked fishy. <laughs> like it, it, it was like premeditated almost. So as far as Messi's concerned, um, you know, obviously anyone who's in the public eye is going to have this response. But he said, I'm just going to continue playing at PSG right now you know, fight for the, the, the trophy in Ligue 1. And, um, you know, once July 1st comes, you know, then I'll talk about a new club, staying at this club, so on and so forth. The, I, I think uh, what happened this past weekend with Messi at the Parc des Princes, um, you know, hearing the, the boos and hearing the fans that should be appreciating the GOAT, hearing them bash you and listening to the banter on social media for for wanting to leave the club, uh, for wanting to go back to your original club. You know, they haven't won anything at, at PSG. The, the trio, Messi, Mbappe, and Neymar, and there's a great chance that uh, Mbappe is going to leave this summer. There's a great chance. Because PSG is paying him an absurd amount of money. They're paying him £6 million every month as well as his $60 million wage. So I think, going back to the, the, the fans at the Parc de Prince, Thierry Henry came out and spoke on this on this topic and it, it, it kind of spoke volumes. He mentioned uh, about the, the whistling, as did uh, Emmanuel Petit. Thierry Henry said, It's embarrassing to hear whistles from the park. You can't whistle one of the best players on the team who has 13 goals and 13 assists this season. For the love of football, he should go back to Barcelona. Emmanuel Petit said, When I hear the whistles against Messi, for me, it's an insult to football. If I have any advice for Messi, get out of this club. This is not a football club. So heavy words 
from two legends of the sport. Especially Thierry Henry. Especially. I think Messi's going to go back to Barcelona. I think he's going to reunite with Xavi. I don't think they're going to do anything great. I think it's just more for the the sake of Barcelona because really ever since Messi left, they've been on a decline. Things haven't gone right. There's been problems, you know, with the organization, with the with the atmosphere in the locker room and uh you know the as far as, you know, earnings and and uh, broadcasting rights and people don't really want to watch Barcelona anymore despite you know Frankie de Jong, Gavi, Pedri um, and, and Lewandowski but no one's going to switch from a Premier League game to go watch a Barcelona versus Celta Vigo game today no one's going to do that no one's going to do that I'd rather watch a, a game against uh, 17th placed Everton up against 20th place Southampton than watch a Barcelona Celta Vigo game. Barcelona aren't interesting anymore. They don't have that that oomph. They don't have that that power that they used to have with their target audience. Cuz their target audience was everyone who followed Messi as well as everyone who followed the club. So they had the family generations, they had uh, young kids like myself, who followed Messi just because of who he was. Not necessarily that they were Barcelona fans, but because of Messi being on the pitch, watching Messi live, watching Messi score goal after goal after goal. But once Messi left, it's kind of like everything just died down. It, it, was, it was kind of like at, at, at a family holiday, you have all your family over. You're all together. You know, it's there's a lot of people there, a lot of food, great times. Drinks are flowing. And at night, everyone leaves. And you're just sitting on the couch saying, wow, that's it. It's over. And then the next holiday comes and you do it all over again. And then the same thing happens. So I think that's going to be the same thing that happens here with Messi because I don't think he's going to retire at the club. He has aspirations to to retire in in the MLS. Whether he goes to New York City FC, whether he goes to Inter Miami, Inter Miami, you know, obviously David Beckham is the owner there. Uh, if he goes to NYCFC, uh, Pep Guardiola has talked about managing Messi again, um, possibly in the MLS, or he may go back to Argentina. And I don't think I don't think this story is over for Messi just yet. I don't think he wants to ride off in the sunset just yet after his uh, win with with Argentina in this year's World Cup. So I'm very interested to see uh, how this messy situation ends up, where he goes, how much they pay him, how much time he gets, if he can maintain that that fire that he's always had and uh, his skillful play. Um, but we'll see. Anyway, heading over to the Bundesliga, Bayern Munich lay an absolute pouncing on Borussia Dortmund this past week in the Der Klassiker, where Thomas Tuchel gained all three points in his first game in charge, as well as a positive goal differential, which always helps. And it's going to be, it's going to prove to be decisive when it comes to the end of the season. Uh, the, the top two are only separated by two points. 
this game put Bayern Munich back in first place, and now Borussia Dortmund's in second place. But this is far from over. I could promise you that. But I, I think it sent a message this past weekend on Saturday. Um, obviously, we know what happened in that first goal. It was a terrible mistake by the Borussia Dortmund goalkeeper. That should never happen. Goalkeepers, in my opinion, goalkeepers are not great judges judges of, of time. Um, and this has proved it. You have a player coming on, just sit in the box, or, you know, just defend. Don't try and wail at the ball. Leroy Sané was about 10 feet away from him. No matter what happened, something was going to happen that would not prove to be beneficial for for, Bayern, for Borussia Dortmund. Uh, so the final score was 4-2. Borussia Dortmund sits in second now. Um, but in other news, Bayern Munich lost today in the DFB Pokal in the quarterfinals against fourth-placed Freiburg. This was this was one of the games that I talked about in in the last episode, uh, just talking about uh, Bayern Munich's future schedule for the rest of the season. You know, it's not an easy schedule. They have the title race, which no one really thought it was going to be a title race this year with Erling Haaland leaving Dortmund. But that's two points now. Um, you still have Union Berlin in there. You know, they're two points below Borussia Dortmund, four points below Bayern Munich. Um, and you also have the Champions League. And you're playing one of the best sides uh, in, in the quarterfinals in Manchester City. So I'm not quite sure where this goes from here um, as far as Bayern Munich's success in Europe because I could easily see it stopping in two weeks. Um, Bayern Munich play Freiburg again, this time in the Bundesliga on Saturday. That's going to be a crucial game, but that's going to be a crucial game for both teams. Um, This could be a more uh, more pivotal game for Freiburg, who sits in fourth place, than it will be for Bayern Munich. Because Bayern Munich, you know, they've been here before. No matter what, they're they're going to stay in the Champions League in the in a Champions League spot unless they, you know, only win one more game the rest of the season, which it doesn't look like that will be the case. But I think for for Union Berlin, I'm I'm sorry for for Freiburg, you win, and you're just one point below third place Union Berlin. And you have the the Giants out of your way. Now you have eight games to focus on each game at hand and tell yourself every single game, there's a possibility we can win. Every single game, we have, if we play our game, we could win. But when Bayern Munich comes to town, you don't really think that way. That's like any giant club going up against these smaller clubs in their in their domestic leagues. And same thing with Union Berlin, sitting in third place. Their next game is against Borussia Dortmund, who sits in second. So all four, the, the, the top four teams 
in the Bundesliga right now are playing against each other this weekend. So by this time next week, we could have a completely different looking table in Germany, which is fascinating. I love to see that because we usually never saw that with with the Bundesliga. It was always Bayern Munich just running away with it. Literally the last 12 years, Bayern Munich have won the Bundesliga. It was time for a change. It needed to happen. It's just ironic that the year that this is happening and they have contenders and there's an actual title race going on, it's the same year that Lewandowski left. Think about it what you what you want, um, but those two games this weekend are going to be awesome to see. Um, looking forward to them, and um, yeah, we'll see what happens in Germany. And moving over to England, uh, in, in the Premier League, Fulham forward Alexander Mitrovic has been given an eight-match ban due to him shoving the referee in a match after showing him a red card in the FA Cup against Manchester United. He's their leading goal scorer. He's the captain, and he's shoving a referee in an FA Cup game. The next game he's going to play is May 20th against Crystal Palace and then Manchester United. So he's practically missing the rest of the season, and when he, and when he comes back, it's going to be the end of the season. Terrible decision. You're given that, that captain, that, that captaincy, you know, you work for that. You earn that. But when I see a captain shoving a referee after been after being awarded a red card, that's that's classless. And classless not in like the good classless way. Like no class. <laughs> um so he's gonna miss the games against West Ham, Aston Villa, City, and Liverpool. You know, you're, he's your leading goal scorer, and you're sitting right with Brentford, Liverpool, Chelsea, Crystal Palace. You're sitting with all these teams uh, who aren't bad teams, and you have the opportunity. It's going to be tough now, um, but for, for a second there, for a few weeks, I really thought that, that Fulham could make an impact on the—or jump into the, the top five. In the Premier League. And, and, I mean, they did. They weren't in fifth for, for very long. But they have 39 points, and Manchester United in fifth has 50. So they've certainly dropped off. Um, but the the team, four teams above them, it's only a five-point difference. And Mitrovic now losing, the losing Mitrovic is, is costly. They've lost the last three straight. They've only won one in their last five. So costly mistake, especially from your captain. That is the last thing that you want to see. But in brighter news, Newcastle dominate against Ten Hag's Manchester United with two goals and a shutout. Seeing them sit higher than anyone could have expected this season in second. They are tied with Spurs and Manchester United on points, but have two games in hand. I love this. I love this. We could possibly see Manchester United back in the Europa League. Or we could see Brighton and Hove Albion get their you-know-what together and kick United out of both spots. They jump into fourth place, and Tottenham drops to fifth. 
But, you know, we also still have Aston Villa. Aston Villa is playing great right now. They've won three of their last five, drawing, I'm sorry, four of the last five, drawing one. Their next game is against Nottingham Forest, who currently sit in 17th place. And right below them is, is Liverpool, but Liverpool do have a game in hand. But Liverpool play Arsenal next. And that's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a tough game for both sides, really. But Liverpool, as we saw today in the draw against Chelsea, that was the most boring game that I've ever watched and pathetic. Um, Liverpool could could get their you-know-what handed to them. They're outnumbered. They're, they're poor defensively. Jurgen Klopp's tactics are, for some reason, not working this year. And... You know, it doesn't really help when Jurgen Klopp in, in the interview after the game today, he's he, the, the question was along the lines of, um, you know, you've this is, a, this is a tough season for you. You know, you really have your work cut out for you. And he said, well, yeah, I want to be a good manager if I didn't have a few of these seasons. And I, and I understand that. I mean, what are you going to do, argue with the journalist? I understand that. That was a good answer, but I'm not sure if I really agree with that. As far as the press is concerned, yeah, that was that was a good that was a good answer uh, to that question. But I mean, you know, you're you're Liverpool. You won the Champions League two years ago, three years ago, and you've been a title contender for the last six years, seven years, and now you're sitting in eighth. Uh, possibly, if you continue to draw and lose these dumb, silly games, you could easily find yourself right next to Chelsea who sit in 11th, and Chelsea's a whole different story. And they're a waste of time to, to talk about. You know, they brought in all these players. Oh, it's going to be a, a, a completely different atmosphere with, with the club. No, it's not. It's the complete same. Firing Thomas Tuchel was your, was your worst idea ever. And now you've got rid of Graham Potter. So Graham Potter's out. Now you've got to find a new manager. It's probably going to be Julian Nagelsmann. But I'll tell you what, not many managers want to go into a locker room like that where there's 22 guys practically all fighting for one spot. And what happens with Joao Felix? Again, who knows? I think they're fine, though, uh, Chelsea, as far as dropping below 11th. Uh, Crystal Palace right below them are nine points uh, I'm sorry, yeah, Chelsea are nine points above Crystal Palace. And then it goes Fulham with 39 as well with a game in hand. Brentford with 43 and a game in hand. Liverpool with 43 and a game in hand. And then it's Aston Villa. So I love to see Newcastle United sitting in third place. They play West Ham next. Newcastle United are buzzing. They have momentum. They have confidence like they never have. They have a young side. They have a lot of talent. Eddie Howe knows exactly what he's doing at that club. They play that magical 4-3-3, and then when they score a goal, they come back into that defensive 4-2-3-1. Watch out for for Newcastle. Because if Newcastle can maintain this confidence and momentum and and self-esteem that the club have right now, we could see them finishing in a Champions League spot, and we could see them playing football next year on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. 
Um, but for the last section of or the, the last part of, of this episode, I want to talk about the relegation race because it is surely on. Southampton are sitting way below everyone's expected. Uh, they are 20th. They are the last team in the Premier League. However, 13th place to 20th place is within six points. Six points. That's two games. Two good games for Southampton and two bad games for Leeds United could see the entire bottom half of the table flip-flop. And there's nine games remaining. Nine games remaining, these teams should... They really shouldn't be worried. They should understand what will happen if they don't play to their fullest potential. But as far as being worried, all being worried is going to do is just ruin that confidence. Is everything that's happened for Newcastle, that's because they have the confidence that every game they go into, they're going to win. But if Burnmouth or Nottingham Forest or Everton or West Ham or Wolves go into their matches... Uh, you know, I don't know. It's gonna be a tough one. If we lose, we could be relegated. I don't know. We, you know, we've we've lost three of the last five and drew two of those. You know, I'm not really confident. You know, I'm, what's that gonna do for you? So, my 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 prediction, my honest prediction, uh, I see Bournemouth finishing in last which is not surprising. If you told me that in the beginning of the season, I probably would have agreed with you. Um, I say Leicester City is in 19th, and then I, I'm going to have to go with Everton being relegated. They're just a poor side right now. Every game I watch with them is just pathetic. Next game is against Manchester United. That'll be a true test to see if they're a shit club or if you know they... They're just lacking the confidence because if they get their asses handed to them by United, it could be a different story. And it could be a deeper problem rather than just the 11 that are on the pitch as well as the coach. Um, So I say Burnmouth, Leicester City, Everton, and then I, I think Southampton stays up, Nottingham Forest stays up, West Ham I'm not worried about, David Moyes is going to be fine, Wolves. Lopetegui's, he's kind of getting the grasp of things. He's kind of learning the Premier League. Um, and then at Leeds United, you know, I, I, I don't think Leeds United should be worried at all. And Crystal Palace, despite firing Patrick Vieira, and now there's a, a new manager in charge and a lot of things are, are changing. There's a lot of moving parts. I don't think Crystal Palace should be worried. They're really, they're not neck and neck with Chelsea, but Chelsea's right above them. And so that's a momentum builder for, for any small club when you have a, a top a big six club right above you you're going to want to excel you're going to want to go into every game and win because crystal palace is only one game above Leeds united so crystal palace could easily be in this conversation but they're not crystal palace is kind of the direct middle of the table which is which is pretty crazy um and obviously you know you have arsenal and city up top 72 and 64 points or uh, city with a game in hand I think the ending of this season is going to be historic. The ending of the season uh, is going to break hearts. But I also think it's going to be fascinating to see which clubs can get their act together, which clubs truly, truly want to stay in the Premier League, and 
which clubs are going to be replaced with Vincent Company's Burnley. So, we'll see. Anyway, guys, that is all for today. Thank you very much for tuning in to another episode of the Pitch Blitz podcast. As you know, my name is Blaze Tambori, your host as always. You can find the Pitch Blitz on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, SoundCloud, Instagram, as well as TikTok and Twitter. Thank you guys for all the love and support. I will see you guys next week. Take care.